Be the Abu Productions welcomes you to a new episode of the BE Podcast. Join in the conversation with Pastor Jonathan Gallardo and Pastor Henry Cruz. Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Gallardo, Pastor of Vida Abundante Cicero, and I'm with Henry Cruz. Welcome back to our podcast, and I've been excited about this talk that we've been doing for the past weeks now. And last week we spoke about some important, fundamental, influential yeah. pastors in our lives. And, uh, you know, we it's part of our lives, man. Yeah. We, we, we go through it. We learn, you know. Yep. I don't think that we listen to them, you know, as much or at all. But that's important, at least for the people to know, that's the type of um, preaching that we were listening yeah. to. Now, now, we spoke about some of the pastors that we used to listen to in a bit. We're going to talk about some of the pastors that we listen to now and why, but let's sum up. Let's do a brief summary on some points of why we listen to those pastors uh, back then. You know, what, what, what was it about it? I know okay. that you mentioned some small elements, but let's just do a quick uh, summary so that the listener can be aware of what we're talking about. Yeah, so so we're talking about some of the guys we listen to, and and again, I think for me, like T.D. Jakes and and especially you know Bishop Eddie O'Long, they had like this. I felt like in the moment, mm-hmm. spirit led, if you want to call it that type of sermon style that I always wanted to have. So like this, uh, I'm listening to these guys because they they seem to be so in tune to the point where it's like. You know, God just told me to change my message or like this, this deepness, I guess. Uh, I didn't know they did that. About them. Yeah. Well, oh, wow. Eddie Long would do that oh, okay. a lot. And so, it, you know, I think I gave an example last time of the altar call at the beginning because he felt yeah. God was leading him that way. Okay. So Eddie Long would do that a lot. Um, and then Furtick for me, it was this um, just the creativity, man. Like, even mm-hmm. I remember, it, you know, we went to that Inside Elevation yeah. conference and they started out the worship and it looked like WrestleMania, like fireworks oh, on right. stage. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. this guy has the nerve to yeah, go up yeah. and be like, we're not trying to impress you. This is what we do every Sunday. Like, bro, come <laughs> on, man. There's no way you yeah, got to. Bu- yeah. Well, maybe they do, but uh, yeah, yeah. a budget every week to be throwing fireworks yeah. in, you know, in, <laughs> in the worship, I guess, you know. Um, but anyway, so it, it's just. And, I that, always and thought, that was funny that. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that conference, uh, Furtick. Uh, changed outfits in the middle of oh the, he did yeah and he's just like yeah i did it yeah <laughs> and i was like man at least he owns up to it but i was like come on bro yeah he's super he was super, <laughs> like now looking back at it like man he's really into himself <laughs> but uh but yeah so it was like all this creativity stuff that that Furtick would do that i always was like yeah man i need to be creative in my sermons mm-hmm. and and again have like like things on stage and and just grab people's attention that way um yeah and so that for me drew me like yeah. drew me in like i remember another guy that that i was like man that's so cool this is a guy named john gray uh and uh he would always start his sermons with singing oh wow. and so there was there's like one time where it was at a youth conference but he begins his preaching and he's like hitting the drums and he's like just going off and i'm like i don't think i could ever do that because i'd freak people out uh-huh. but it suited him and it was like yeah. and again it was like it, it was this kind of like prophetic like 
God, you know, like in the moment, mm-hmm. like this wasn't planned. Maybe it was, but he would say it's not planned. It's just the way he felt God yeah. leading him. And then he just went off on like, a, we need to worship right now. And he got all these young kids like worshiping and he's hitting the drums and they're going all wow. crazy. So anyway, so those are some some things that I, I actually think- do recall one time you starting your preaching with by singing i think <laughs> i'm just playing i don't think that happened no that would have been interesting though yeah no i never did that, that would have yeah. been interesting but that, that was yeah. that's what drew me in so some the, of these that, that summary i guess it's we were talking about this last yeah. time and what i'm seeing is very few biblical references yeah, like no, there's, there's nothing you know a great bible teacher a great uh expositor of the word a great you know even like getting you know just something in the biblical perspective none of that was the case right. i mean when i heard bill hybels teach like when he tried to do bible study it was like off it, uh-huh. it was it didn't even suit him and he he had a resort back to stories and emotion all the time right and and so because that's what that's what suited him more and and he was a very emotional type of guy and, and, and preacher but it very rarely did i ever hear any form of, of doctrine and one of the i remember when i was dealing with this issue of predestination and election okay i found his preaching on it and i had listened to it years back but i didn't really care too much because even what he was saying wasn't really too profound but when i re-listened to it i wish i still i'm actually looking for it because he tells amazing stories he's a great storyteller yeah. And he, he actually tells a story about R.C. Sprawl. Oh, wow. And, and so that's why I, I, I want to find it again so I could try to get the, the time frame that he's talking about okay. this. That he was in a class with R.C. Sprawl talking about predestination and election. Wow. And that he asked R.C. Sprawl why God would arbitrarily um, condemn some people and save others. Mm. And that R.C. Sprawl went off on him and said, arbitrarily, arbitrarily, you're saying God. And I could see R.C. Sprawl doing that. But that story captivated me. So that even led me to like, who's R.C. Sprawl? I didn't know back then. But it it was an interesting take. But the whole time he's talking about this, I wanted to see where he landed on the issue and why, like what biblical. And it was just story time. And I was just like, man, bro, I wanted some, like, give me some text and evidence. Yeah. Yeah, But it was like, you know, he grew up in a Dutch Calvinistic culture. So they were very like hyper Calvinist. So they didn't even evangelize. And, and so it was just a lot of story stuff, but you know, again, very few biblical Biblical. reference, biblical foundation, more story, more creativity, more um, or spirit led Mm. now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we could talk a lot about that, but now let's look at some of the pastors that we listen to now. Yeah. And why we listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I think, you know, I, I think a common theme is that they're expositors. And I think that's important because we're not we're not talking here like stylistically. You know what I mean? Like like so so I think in my past I w- I would listen to guys stylistically like mm-hmm. what's the best style that I think is 
draws the most attention or audience so this is not a stylistic thing it's not even a wardrobe thing it's not like we went from guys that wear skinny jeans and long tees yeah, you know expensive to, watches yeah, and, and and shoes or and whatever J's. yeah and jays <laughs> to now like preachers and sneakers yeah to now, <laughs> to now like we like uh guys with so it has nothing yeah. to do with that there's nothing to do with dress now we got now we like guys that look like they go to goodwill to go shopping yeah go shopping yeah so things like that jump uh, paper <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah so it has nothing to do with that it's We've understood, you know, the, the shift has been theological in the sense of like, these guys are teaching the Bible, they're explaining scripture, and then they're applying the text in, in a faithful way. And so for me, it's just learning from, from these guys, from that perspective, like how do they do it and why do they do it well? And so again, so you know, they're expositors, they're expositors. it's, it's yep. an exposition of scripture. Yeah, it's, it's taking a text um, and explaining that, that portion of the text uh biblically and faithfully we, we 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 have to highlight that aspect because yeah captivated by style and and creativity and and surface stuff completely going like i mean something has to happen right because you you go from that world to literally going to a world that has no electric guitar in most cases yeah. in their service choirs robes a guy in a suit yep. and tie that was like that was for us like blasphemous back in the day you know like being being you know these these hyper you know charismatics and 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 being cool and yeah. hip like i never saw myself ever yeah preaching in a suit, in a and, suit tie? and tie even <laughs> like recently like i just never saw myself like that and and that shift it's like you know something happened and and that's what we really i mean because we're talking about listening to a sermon that's why i really want to why i think this is important it's not just a trip down memory lane right a trip down uh what we listen to but that difference is kind of what i want to highlight yeah yeah and again for me it be it became like Man, these guys, the way they explain a text. So, so for example, and I know we both, I think we admitted to this on the podcast, but off air for sure, we, we reminisced on this as well. I used to think I'm a really good preacher because yep. I'll do a sermon in 20 minutes. And I used to be like 15 minutes yeah, yeah, like personal. <laughs> I beat you by five minutes. P PR record type yeah. of thing. Yeah, like I'm like, man, like I remember, yeah, doing youth ministry and I feel bad for all the youth that, that went through this with me. But like, yeah, it's like a youth that starts in like an hour and I'm 20 or 40 minutes before or yeah. an hour before kind of like, all right, here's a blank sheet and here's a, an idea that I have. And I'm just like going on Google to try to find a text that like <laughs> would, would support yeah. my idea. And I'm like, all right, boom, there it is done. And, and I know what I'm going to do. And, and I would have spent a lot of time thinking of like props or whatever to take. But, but anyway, like, like, and I used to think I was a really good preacher because of that. Yeah. Cause I look, I could do this in such a short amount of time. And then the opposite mm. began to happen because now you're listening to guys that are giving you context and his history and and you're like, what? And that dissecting and, yeah, a dissecting word. Yeah, dissecting a word. And, and that's only one verse. Yeah, and you're yeah, like yeah. amazed yeah. by that and captivated by it. And so now the opposite is mm -hmm. true where, you know, you're, you're spending hours, you know, searching and learning. But for me, that became the biggest eye opener. Mm -hmm. That was just 
two, three words or one clause. And for those that don't know grammar, like, mm -hmm. like a sentence, uh, you know, it's like he just explained a sentence and it was 10, 15 mm -hmm. minutes on just that one yeah, yeah. thing. Um, and, and so that for me was an eye opener. And it's what really drew me to expository preaching because now it became like, well, all this is in this one text, uh, the greatness of God in this one text, yeah. the the doctrines that are coming out of this one text. And so it, 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 mm -hmm. it yeah, it like revolutionized my whole everything, mind, my whole everything. outlook on, on, on sermon preparation and, and preaching as a whole. So, so for a while I was even intimidated by it. Cause I was like, yeah. this is why I think we both like, we're like, we got to go to seminary. Yeah, I got to go to school. Yeah, Cause I was like, there's <laughs> no way I'm going to be able to do this yeah. faithfully. Yeah, like yeah. I need, I need some type of, education so so in that sense yeah that's that's some of it i don't know if you wanted yeah no know. those are that's why these guys that we listen to yeah. motivated us to realize our huge deficiencies yep uh we could not rely on ourselves and our own communication whatever uh or, or whatever gifts that we skills, had yeah. skills to to communicate it was like oh my goodness, mm -hmm. I have to study the word of God yeah. and I have to be taught how to study the word of God to its core because for me to be a pastor and preach this every week, like no way, I can't, I can't do this yeah. on my own. Like, so yeah, school was a big thing. And, and so, yeah, these guys motivated so much that we got in debt because of this, like, <laughs> like very few people do that like they don't you know you get motivated to do some stuff but you're not gonna go out and invest sixty thousand yeah. or eighty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars on a on a you know on a pastime or on a hobby like right. you do this because you're sold out for the cause so it's like yeah i'm a pastor i'm i'm not looking for anything else this is what i'm sold out for mm -hmm. so and and there here's my debt to prove it. You yeah. know, it's like I didn't have to do this, and it's, and it's still growing. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks Joe Biden for at least pausing the interest for a couple of years, or, or COVID. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. But but it's like you, we we know the the seriousness yep. when it comes down to preaching the word of God. Yeah. And so now when we shift over to the types of preachers that we listen to, we have that understanding completely. And so that's why. When we hear them preach it, it's like, wow, yeah. we, we know that we were in the right place. Mm -hmm. So with that said, yeah. let's discuss some of the preachers that we listen to now mm -hmm. and why yeah. we listen to them. So yeah. start it off, my friend. Yeah, so so I, I think for sure, you know, H.B. Charles is someone that I really like listening to. Pastoring uh, where? He's pastoring in Jacksonville, Florida, if I'm not mistaken. I know it's in Florida. I think it is Jacksonville, Florida. So, yeah, and he's uh, he started young. Uh, many people know his story. His father passed away, so he the church was like, hey, you take yeah, over. How old was he when I he... I think he's at 18, 18 if right? I remember so correctly. 18 yeah, years yeah. old when he so was he's pastoring super a church. Young, and he, in his testimony, he even says he shouldn't have been pastoring. Yeah. Um, influenced a lot by Charles Spurgeon, which is someone that I like as well when I read mm -hmm. uh, uh, church history and, and some of the preachers that came before us. But um, I just like him because he's like what we would call a homiletician. Mm -hmm. Like he's very uh, structured. Structured. Mm -hmm. So you're you're going to, you know, he'll have an intro. He might even have like a phrase to summarize a sermon at the beginning. He'll have his three points. He'll have his application. He'll illustrate a lot, you mm -hmm. know. And, and so, but again, it, it's not so much the method of it, but it's the way, for me, 
he has this balance of I'm explaining the text and then I'm giving you all these things in a very clear, structured manner. But again, the driving force becomes text first and then everything else, the homiletics and all this other stuff second. So, and you can see it in the sermon. It's so clear that he's bringing us out of the text and not the other way around, not imposing on the text. But that's what I like from, from his style. I learned so much on, on this clarity aspect of, of Mm -hmm. a sermon. And so, uh, how to bring the text and and then, uh, make that text clear Mm -hmm. to, to people. Um, the other two guys I listened to are, are, I think I listen to them more because I know I can't emulate their Mm -hmm. style at all. So HP Charles is someone that I think I, not that I'm, you know, like him, but Mm -hmm. my structure or style of sermon Mm -hmm. is similar to that. But the other two guys I listen to, I just, a lot of it is just because I know I can't do what they do. And I'm just amazed by how they explain the text in the way that they do. So it's, and they're both Presbyterian, I think Derek Thomas and, um, Sinclair. No, no, not Sinclair. Uh, Oh, uh, Alistair. Alistair Beck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name, his name, <laughs> his name went away. Yeah, and both of these oh, guys yeah. are completely different uh, as far as like my style of sermon, but the way they explain the text and and both of these guys are just good at using a lot of illustrations and and again just to highlight the the doctrine of mm-hmm. of of these texts and highlight the the truths of these texts. So you know, Alistair Beck has this illustration of of of. Uh, of the two themes on on the cross so he has like this mm. this illustration yeah, where I to, teach, that. Yeah. to teach on grace and it's yeah it's an old clip that that resurfaced recently on social media but but yeah it's just a great yeah, illustration you haven't seen that or heard yeah. that they should yeah. look that up and, what, and, and, what, what i think called? like the video that that the guy is like uh the guy on the middle cross said i could come yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah. just like an illustration on a guy that gets to heaven and so it's it's the idea of the of the one of the thieves that that was on the on the cross. And so, you know, they're asking him, you know, you don't know any systematic, how, how did you get here? You know, why, why, how come you yeah. can enter? And he's just like, well, cause the middle guy on the cross said, uh, you know, that I'd be with him in paradise. <laughs> and so it's like a, an illustration on how to teach grace. It's like, I could never do yeah, that. And, I, yeah, and I'm <laughs> like, so brilliant. the fact that, and it looks like, honestly, he thought that on the fly, yeah. <laughs> like it's not even on his yeah. notes. He just like, it just came out. But but again, and that's a style of mine that that I know it's not a style that that, that I could emulate as far as the way they, they they structure the sermon and do it. But I do try to pick up on man, these you know the importance of mm-hmm. illustrating uh, to highlight a doctrine or mm-hmm. whatever. So, so those two guys, Derek Thomas and Alistair Beggar, guys that I listen to specifically yeah. for that. Like I think Derek Thomas for sure when he does sermons on on stories. Mm-hmm. Man, he's just really, really good at like he's so profound. Yeah, profound too, and summarizing the story. But the way they like, like preach a a story, like like the stories of Joseph or or parables, mm-hmm. even like to me, it's 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 really good. But yeah, they are profound, but in a good sense. They're yeah. not trying to be mystical. And God is telling me this is just the way they they uh they're profound in in their in their teaching of the scriptures. Yeah. So man, that Derek. I mean, again, highlighting the contrast between what we used to listen to, which was showboat, you know, look at me, look at me. Honestly, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, Walking around the stage. I mean, Bill Hybels never did that, but most of these other guys, you know, always doing that and stories. And it's just, even like what we we mentioned earlier about Mike Todd. Yeah. Like, it's just like so much 
over the topness. When you were to, if you were to bring someone literally from that world yeah. and then sit him down in front of Derek Thomas, they they die. Yeah. They'd be like, "What in the world?" Because here's a guy that's just, you know, it, it, it's a it's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't preach like that yeah. because of his his just like kind of stoic, stoic appearance. Yep. But what you know, the the power comes through the gospel and what he's actually saying. Yeah. But many people would be like, this is the most boring, mm-hmm. you know, preaching I've heard of in my life. Yeah. Uh, Alistair Begg's a little bit different. He's yeah, a little he, bit more quirky and funny yeah. and entertaining in that aspect. But, but yeah, these guys are like a complete contrast yep. to what we used to listen to. So, so my guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my guy is one of the biggest contrast to that world. Yep. And, some of the stuff that I used to listen to through Bill Hybels and what Bill Hybels exposed me to, a lot of these guys were relatively young. Mm-hmm. Bill Hybels was like the oldest guy that I listened to. Yeah, that's right. Young generation, hip guys, and even Andy Stanley back then was relatively young, and Craig Rochelle uh, relatively young, and, and you know these new guys that came out afterwards, yeah. Carl Lentz and Steve right, Furtick, they're for sure younger. You know, yeah. all of them. They so. I kind of wanted to get away from that mm-hmm. because I understand. I mean, I'm I was young back then, and and with you, the problem with being young is that you think you're so cool yep. that you know better than the people that walked before you, and and so it's always this thing of like, well, we you guys did it that way. It's our turn now, yeah. our generation. We're gonna do it better. We're gonna do it better, yep. and then you know keep keep moving forward. So. Coming now to what we listen to now, these dudes are not in their 30s. You know, mm-hmm. Alistair Begg, he's not a 30, 40-year-old nope. man, not nope. a 50-year-old man. Nope. Derek Thomas, I, I think probably the youngest guy there is probably H.B. Uh, H. Yeah, Charles. Sure. Probably older, like yeah. 40s, mid-40s probably. Around there, yeah. Uh, but at least it says, you know, there there's there's some serious to to this you know i can't see myself being a 50 year old man wearing skinny jeans and ripped ripped at the knees you know or (laughs) and and these cowboy boots from uh you know it's i i just can't see unless i'm a legit cowboy but uh there's a serious element to the the Mm -hmm. preaching style when you hear somebody that's been doing ministry like in my case john MacArthur, for 50 plus years and in the same place for 50 plus years uh preaching he preached through the whole new testament and um and and is now going back and you know commentaries a study bible and a seminary all of these things when when i came to listen to that 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 man preach it it was like wow that that was the light Mm -hmm. that kind of like i think that was my moment of conversion honestly it was that like martin luther moment or even uh calvin's moment when he's reading through romans and i'm just like oh my good i can't even explain it i couldn't yeah. even explain what i felt there my dad was right next to me on my first shepherd's yeah, conference okay. listening to him teach john 17 meanwhile i was dealing with the battle of doctrine theology even the state of where i was at the church like where do i fit in it, it, things that i didn't like already and then things that i wanted to adapt yeah and, and then at that moment it was like I, I think I don't know I I can't explain it but it was a moment of I think my biggest like realization of conversion yeah. I guess and uh changed my life came to seminary right after that became a pastor and decided to preach expositionally because that's mm-hmm. what 
that's what I, I, I learned from him. After that, I listened to all of his sermons on his podcast. You know, not all of them because there's so many. But yeah, I think I listened to like one or two years of just nothing but John MacArthur. And that's basically the only preaching I, I, I listen to now, uh, which is uh, I, I, I get excited. I, I hear his I, I finished his preachings in the 70s. OK, so I know like the stories and what he's mentioned. And, you know, he gets excited uh-huh. like in the 70s. He's like, bro, he's yeah. talking quick. And, and, okay. and he's excited. You know, 80s, it begins to shift a little bit. The 90s are like kind of where his his heyday where he's like brilliant teaching, but backed up by years of experience mm-hmm. and Again, always faithful to the text. Yeah. Always faithful to the text. Nothing fancy, nothing outlandish. Yeah. It's the same thing every Sunday, and that like really captivates my my heart because there's somebody that's preaching the text mm-hmm. all the time. And I think as a pastor and and a congregation, you have to see your pastor preaching the text. Yep. You you have to see your pastor upholding the Bible at, at, at a high level, you know, and it doesn't matter how many years of experience you have or how many school degrees you have, you always submit to what the word of God right. says. And that's one of the things that, that just captivated me so much when everybody else was doing even BLM, social justice, yeah. uh, get swayed by even in the nineties, early two thousands, this wave of, uh, uh, charismatics and and new type of church modern church the secret sensitive mm-hmm. movement i mean this guy lived through it all the the hip the yeah. hippie church the the modern secret sensitive movement in the 80s and 90s the 2000s with even the 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 new calvinist movement in, yep. the, in the 2000s that was a resurgence where mark driscoll came from like he outlived all of that and he's still going strong and most of these other guys that we used to listen to they lost their church, you know. I yeah. think basically only TD Jakes, I think, is one of the guys that stood <laughs> yeah. is still there. But yeah. like most of the guys that we listen to, they lost their church, yep. man. They failed morally and they lost their church. Sad, sad times. But that those are some of the guys that we listen to. There's, you know, there's obviously more, but I think the most influential become uh the ones that we just constantly listen yeah. to all the time. Yep. So we hope that that helps some people so those are some good recommendations pick up alistair Begg. look up hb charles is it like a podcast that you listen to or no I or just on, on their YouTube. Web, youtube yeah i like watching videos watching honestly. them more yeah 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 so that watch them on youtube Derek thomas look him up alistair Begg's the only one that i listen to on on like like podcast podcast stuff. yeah which is like truth matters i think yeah a, truth yeah. matters yeah uh j mac i just just download his app because yeah. you'll you'll find whatever you're looking for on his scripture uh reference on his app so yeah you want something in genesis 47 you just go to genesis 47 and they'll pop up yeah. right there there's something uh that he preached about on that thank you for tuning in thank you for listening and it's great to express some of our errors and some of uh what we've learned yep. over the years Thanks for tuning in. For any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Be That English Pod or go to our website, Be That Abu That Church. We hope to see you next week. This has been a Be That Abu Productions presentation.